the big Scottish football podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to the big Scottish football podcast. We are your award-winning host, Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. How are you doing, Ewan? Are you okay? Not too bad, Stephen Mill. I've just received a text message from my wife. It is a bank called the Mondays is when we record the podcast. And my wife has asked, do you want to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3 with Josh and my wife at two o'clock this afternoon? That sounds like a lovely afternoon. Have you seen parts one and two? I have seen parts one and two, so I think that might not be a bad idea. And we do have a Pizza Hut next door to the cinema that I normally go to. So is it Pizza Hut before the cinema or cinema and then Pizza Hut? How long is the film? It's two and a half hours. Okay, so half an hour. So you're probably not getting half an hour adverts, I'm saying. So that's, Mm -hmm. you're getting out probably after five o'clock. Yes, roughly around five. So maybe Pizza Hut afterwards. I think Pizza Hut afterwards. Pizza Hut's one of these places that I almost forget exists. Sorry, Pizza Hut, if you're listening. But, like, I'd never, ever go to Pizza Hut. I'd never order a Pizza Hut. Ever, ever, ever. Lots of people say that Pizza Hut's way better than Domino's. Yeah, but Domino's is obviously much bigger in the UK. But interestingly, in the States, Pizza Hut's still huge. Because it still sponsors, producer Chris, you're in your NFL and stuff. Pizza Hut's still everywhere in terms of adverts and stuff like that. Like, that's the big one. So they're the big brand then. But yes. Domino's seem to be everywhere. So yeah, I might just go and see Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3, go and get myself a wee Pizza Hut and enjoy the movie with my son and wife a little later. So sorry, yes, it's nice to be here, Stephen. Hello to you. Yeah. Yes, we are award-winning yep. presenters. Yes, we are. Because we, got, we, yeah. we picked up two awards in London at the Radio Oscars last week. Yes, we did, yes. And that was a, was a lovely evening. It was, yes, of what, what I can I remember mean, of it, yes. You, you were smashed. Yes, I there was, were, yeah. There were 32 awards to be handed out, and by awards 21, uh, Stephen Mill couldn't speak. <laughs> I was sat next to him in the auditorium in the Theatre Royal in London on Drury Lane, and at the start of the night, we had talked about if we do happen to win, mm-hmm. what are we going to say? By awards 21, Stephen said to me, you're going to have to speak because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, some of the awards, you know, all very hard work, I'm sure, went into them. But some of them, I wasn't interested in. No. And the bar was just across the road. So. And he disappeared, I do not know how many times. It got to the point where I nearly swapped seats with you because I stood up more than I sat down. You know what it was Can like? Can you let me out? 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 I need the toilet. I need to go and get a beer. Oh, I'm no interested in this award. Let me out. It must have been like, you know that scene at the end of Mrs. Doubtfire where they're in the restaurant <laughs> and he's just progressively getting drunk. Yeah. I think that's basically what it's like. And I was changing. Yeah. I was I, Actually, I was in drag somewhere else. That's what it was. And I was sitting beside Cameron Ewan yeah. somewhere else at the other side of the theatre. And I was like, how many sit down beside them and speak to them but and then you, I was like, you did find a really nice kind of like club that we all kind of went back to afterwards it was yep. like a downstairs club and I actually thought I was heading to some sort of dungeon or strip club yeah it did have a wee bit of feel of that but it wasn't no it, it was, was really nice and we also got bands on our wrists because they realised there was like 26 of us and they could make quite a bit of money from us as well so they gave us a band and we got two cocktails for the price of one yeah it was quite good I enjoyed it and the cocktails were nice as well so I'm told right we have reached episode 41 the same age as the Scottish Premiership's oldest player Alan McGregor over the weekend we crowned one 
winners of the Scottish Premiership and the Championship after an epic final round of fixtures on Friday night and we also wrapped up League 1 and League 2 as well we'll go through all the results and we'll also look back on the weekend's VAR decisions with our ref watch Des Roach is going to be on the show a little bit later on we'll also go through your shouts for if Scottish football was a comic and as ever make sure you subscribe to the Big Scottish Football Podcast wherever you're listening you can find us on Twitter as well we're at Big Football Scott we're also on Instagram and Facebook too just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast easy for me to say right let's start with yesterday then Celtic are champions again two in a row for Ange Postacoglu and um, thank you very much by the way producer Chris is looking after the Super Scoreboard at the moment don't know if you saw the tweet that went out last night of the predictions from the start of the season from all, all the pundits the, all the pundits uh-huh. and I think five out of the six said Rangers would win the league did they? I had to turn off my notifications because I was just like this is like <laughs> so who's the I only can't one, be bothered with this tonight so who's the only one that didn't predict it was Rangers to win it friend of the show Mark Wilson he went for Celtic yeah he's the only one that got it right do you know what's really annoying about it as well I actually remember going I don't know who's going to win the league, but I'll just have to pick one of them. <laughs> like, I genuinely, I was like, I, I don't know. And, and my reason behind that is because... Who did you pick Rangers? I picked Rangers uh-huh. because I thought they're coming off the back of the Europa League final. They obviously had a great run to the final. I thought they would probably strengthen during the summer. Little did I know Giovanni Van Bronckers would turn out to be guff. <laughs> um, so, obviously, Celtic have romped to the title and they did so by beating Hearts 2-0 yesterday. We'll get to the sending off in a week bit with VARWTF but in terms of the game yesterday good game it was a good game Hearts played so well before the sending off but Celtic do what Celtic always do which is win in the end and Kyogo getting the first goal or getting the second goal and you know their strength and depth is just absolutely incredible and the way that Ange has got the team playing is just brilliant to watch as well they're the best team in the country by a country mile they're a great team to watch. They're exciting. They're attacking. They're pacey. I think the stat is they've only lost one in 66. Yes. Yeah, so since and that was against St. Mirren last, last September. Since the wobbly start to the season last year, they've only lost to St. Mirren. Yeah. So it's one defeat, one defeat in 66. Yeah. One defeat in 66. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. That's just unbelievable. I thought the Celtic contained Hearts really well. I don't think that their goalkeeper Joe Hart had any decent saves to make, but Hearts put a lot of pressure on Hearts were in their faces. They went at it at 150 miles an hour. But see Celtic's quality, it just shines right through. They've scored 105 goals this season, only conceded 25. They're going to top everything that Brendan Rodgers did. They're going to be every single record that Brendan Rodgers did. And I'm not taking anything away from Brendan Rodgers. But Brendan Rodgers was in charge of a Celtic team when Rangers weren't really about. And they were a bit of a mess, a bit of a basket case. They didn't know whether they were coming or whether they were going. They didn't know who was in charge of the club. They didn't know who the Kashinya and all sorts of people in charge. Ange Postacoglu is faced up to the might of Rangers with their finances and a great squad and getting to Europa League finals. So everything that Ange Postacoglu has done with Celtic has topped everything that Brendan Rodgers has done. So to beat Brendan Rodgers' record as Celtic manager, Celtic need to win every game from now to the end of the season. So four matches, that would take them to 107 points, which would beat Brendan Rodgers' points record. record. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Obviously they play Rangers at Ibrox next um, But you absolutely wouldn't bet, bet against them Winning all those matches But even if they don't get the record And they don't beat Brendan Rodgers points total It's still better than anything That Brendan Rodgers achieved as Celtic manager That's how good a job Ange Postacoglu has done He's done it with Rangers breathing down his neck It's an unbelievable achievement That guy has been a phenomena. He's I mean, made such an impact on I mean, Celtic and Scottish football. You say breathing down their neck. I mean, it's, no, no. But what I mean is, well, it's, 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 it's more of a, you've, you've more got, of a sort of like. Well, since, Re- <laughs> since Rangers, since Rangers in 2012 went into third division, Rangers are back to what they were before 2012, and to have that pressure on you. Well, you've got a strong Rangers in the league and to still go out and do what you've done and win the league as comfortably as they have is some achievement. Celtic, and, and Celtic have won 17 titles since the year 2000. That's domination. Absolute domination. Is that, is that the start? Yep. That's scary. You 17 say, titles? 17 titles. Since the year 2000? Yep. What chance have we got? Well, no much. No. And you can just see them getting better and better. I mean, they're, who are they? There will be teams looking at Celtic right now and some of their players and going, do you know what? They'll do a job for me in the Premier League. They'll do a job for me in Spain or in Italy. Who would Celtic likely lose? Or will they? I'm, the thing it, is, if, 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 if they lose players, they'll get a lot of money for them. That's my point. Yeah. So they're just going to strengthen further. Further. Now, it's a scary what Celtic could become Even if they sell some of their key players Because they get big, big, big money for them They'll just strengthen again And they'll probably get a better quality player Than what they've got right now Which puts them in a better position So as it stands right now Celtic, if they don't sell anybody But they strengthen that squad Are already going to be a formidable opponent next season And you look at the mess that Rangers are in right now And we'll get to that in just a second You would... Already be looking to put your mortgage on Celtic winning the league next year. Well, I think you have to. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. That's, yeah. that's how strong a position they're in just now. Yeah, and you know, like obviously there'll be chat about Postecoglou leaving in the summer to go down south. Probably, I do think he's that elite level manager. I do think he's very, very good. But I think Ange Postecoglou will be at Celtic for at least another year, if not many years into the future. Deserve to win the title They're going to win the treble Phenomenal Well done to Celtic But then you look at Rangers They've drawn four and lost four Now if they were to win their four remaining games They'd finish on 94 points And then you look at a team that's sitting in third They've lost 15 The gap between the top two and the rest Has got bigger this season than it's ever been And then that's not looking good Going into next season No it's not Because Rangers, really Rangers are going to invest in the summer they And will. probably pull further away from Aberdeen and Hearts and Hibs uh, And again Celtic will be in such a strong position Going into next season And they'll strengthen further They have to be favourites for the title next season yeah. Which is what I'll be saying In the pundits prediction video uh, Next <laughs> In the summer uh, So as long as Ange Postacoglu doesn't leave I think Celtic are absolute cast iron favourites And they'll probably go on And make it three titles in a row under Ange Right uh, You mentioned Rangers versus Aberdeen We'll just round that off Because that was yesterday as well Finish 1-0 to Rangers Cantwell with the goal Lovely goal I should say Good goal uh, Great goal from the from the set piece at the corner there um, Huffed and puffed Again we'll get to the Duke 
decision a little bit later on, which bizarrely wasn't even in the highlights uh, on <laughs> Sky Sports, which was very, very odd, considering I thought it was probably one of the bigger talking points. Three and a half minutes of highlights, and they didn't show Goldson wrestling Duke to the ground. So again, Staggering. But we'll get to that in just we, a we'll second. We'll get to that. Uh, Michael Beale, not a happy boy after the game, and I've said that a few times this season, and he absolutely slaughtered Alfredo Morelos. He was not a happy man. He was like, what was the quote again? He came onto the pitch and there was a different energy. Unfortunately, it wasn't the right sort of energy. So Morelos, cheery by in the summer. They haven't offered anything to Kent, no. according to Michael Beale as well. So it looks like he'll be off in the summer as but, well. But Beale did say that the stories of him signing for Fernabachi were wrong because all the rumours were at the start of the week that he's already agreed a deal with Fernabachi. And according to Michael Beale, that's not the case. So he is still going to be a free agent in the summer. And yes, Rangers haven't offered him a new contract. I think they still might offer him a new contract. I still think there's a Goldson going to happen here. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't happens. know why I think that, but I just think that Kent could stay. In terms of Morelos, obviously it's been a bit of a nightmare this season for him, but over the piece, where does Morelos sit in terms of good, bad and different for Rangers? For Rangers strikers over yes. the years. I mean, he was phenomenal for Rangers in that European run. He's the top ever European goal scorer. Is that right, producer Chris? Yeah. yeah. He scored some key goals for that's a really good question that I mean he's had a really poor season this year I mean he's not there with the McCoys and the Haley's of this world is he like, but you know but his, his stats are good it's just a shame for him and for Rangers it's ended on such a sour note he just seems so disinterested and I think that he could have been a far better player if he wasn't so petulant he just moaned and groaned all the time and he let things get to him there were some really stupid sending offs in his career at Rangers Will Rangers miss him? No. Will Rangers look back in five years from now and think, yeah, do you know what? We're lucky to have him when he was at his best. So I think just now it's bittersweet for Rangers when it comes to Alfredo Morelos. Aberdeen losing yesterday for only, what, the second time, I think I'm right in saying, under Barry Robson. Duke should have scored a couple. Yeah. It's twice through on goal. Yeah. And McCrory's made a couple of decent saves, but he's got to score one of those chances. Yeah, totally. But it's as you were in terms of the race for third place, because obviously Hearts lost yesterday as well, so there's still five points the difference. Ewan, I don't think Hearts are going to finish third. I think they needed something from yesterday. I don't. Because Aberdeen have Hibs at home this weekend. Hibs were brilliant the other day there. They also have St Mirren at home. If Aberdeen win those two matches, okay, right. even four points, right. S- I think Stephen. that's enough. <laughs> no, it's not. Stephen. No, no. no I mean, that. if Aberdeen win their two home matches, that's it, it's done. Because that, that would put Aberdeen on, that would Stephen, put Aberdeen on 59 Stephen, points. Stephen, 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 Stephen. Next weekend, or this weekend coming... Hibs will get something against Aberdeen at Pataudry. Okay. Right, because Hibs are playing well and they're one point behind Hearts. They've got a lot to play for themselves. So that's a really big game. And I think the Hibs can get something from it. Am I saying that they win the game? No, but I think they can get something from it. I think Hearts go to St Mirren and they win. And let's just say for argument's sake that Aberdeen and Hibs draw. They cancel each other out because it's such a big game for both clubs going for European football. They've dropped two points of Aberdeen. Right, and we win. What's the points difference then? That would be, what, three points? And then what's the next game? It's a Tynecastle. It's a Tynecastle, yes. Against Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Half 12 kick off the following weekend. We win that, we go above them on goal difference. They've then still got to play... St Mirren at home. St Mirren at home, and we've got Hibs at home. 
So it could come down <laughs> to... It, because, let's put it this way, Aberdeen will get anything against Celtic at Park, eh, because it could be chasing a record. Aberdeen lose that game. So it'll come down to what happens with Aberdeen and St Mirren, and then there'll be three points clear as Hearts go and play Hibs. Okay, right, right. That's that's one scenario, and that's completely... Possible. Possible. Yes. But what I said was, if Aberdeen beat Hibs on Saturday, they just need to beat St Mirren at home, and that's them home and host. Not if Hearts win their remaining four games. If Hearts beat Rangers at Ibrox... Yeah, but that's going to be difficult. Rangers, I've got hee-haw to play for. No, totally. The, the, listen, the, I, I get that, I get look that. Look at Aberdeen yesterday. They were well in the game and they could have easily got something out of it. I think Aberdeen, if they win their two home matches, which I think they probably will, that'll be enough for third. Not I, if Hearts win their four remaining games. And I don't think Hearts are going to win their four remaining games. So let's just assume for a second that they do beat Hibs... Mm-hmm. And they do beat St Mirren, but they'll lose to Hearts at Tynecastle and they'll lose to Celtic in the last day of the season. Yeah. That gives them an extra six points. So how many points that put 50, them on? 59 points. 59 so points. Hearts would need nine points from their three games, from their no, four games. And, no, if Hearts, I think Hearts win their four games. You think Hearts will win all their four games from now to and the end of the season? And do you know why I think Hearts win their four games? Because Rangers would rather have Hearts. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you are, you are finishing so third than Aberdeen. There's never been a bigger and example of clutching at straws. They'll put out their under 12s against Hearts at Ibrox. And, and by the way, I wouldn't rule out Hibs, as you said, who played very well at the weekend very against, against St Mirren. Johan with yet another goal. I think he's up to 14 or something for the season. I'm sure I, I read earlier. I want Johan at Tynecastle. He's a good th- player. I don't think he's going to Tynecastle. Do you know the rumours I was hearing at the weekend? And I hope they're not true. Your sources. Lauren Shanklin and Duke could end up at Rangers. Is that I've, your sources? Rangers are sniffing around those two right now. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. And They're if you think about season. it, you can see why. I mean, yeah. Duke's a really good player. He's got pace to burn. And I thought that Lauren Shanklin was outstanding yesterday against Celtic. His hold-up play, his strength, his power, his threat. It's everything that Morelos used to have. Mm. But as I've said before, you can knock on our door... But it starts at three and a half million with add-ons. That's a lot less than you were saying earlier on in the season. I'm sure you were saying double that earlier on in the season. I was season. saying five way, earlier in the season. I'm sure you were. By the way, a massive St Mirren crowd uh, through Easter Road on Saturday. More than 2,000, I think, there. And a big home support as well. So great to see the crowds coming out. Speaking of St Johnston versus Dundee United on Saturday, one of the games of the day, Dundee United taking a massive travelling support and a decent home crowd as well, it must be said. St Johnston getting the victory. We'll get to the sending off of Charlie Mulgrew a little bit later on but that is a huge win for St Johnston and I think that pretty much it doesn't pretty much mate another point and I think they're safe you and think 37 is the is a safety net I, I think so because if they're on 37 that means that both Dundee United Kilmarnock need to win at least two games in fact it'll be more than that because I'm looking at Kilmarnock's goal difference so Kilmarnock will need to win two maybe three games and Ross County will need to win three as well so I, I can't I can't see them all and there's probably a permutation where that can't happen as well so can you, St. Can George, St. Johnson play Motherwell on Saturday a draw there then both teams are well Motherwell are safe anyway obviously but yeah. a draw for St. Johnson and I think that's it it's between the bottom three now that's a huge blow for Dundee United because they'd won three games on the spin before that and then at the weekend they were pretty poor by all accounts and didn't really deserve anything although Jim Goodwin thought otherwise but a couple of Dundee United fans that I know didn't think so um, Stephen Fletcher obviously a big chance at the end uh, didn't go in for them 
and that point would have made all the difference and would have kept St Johnston uh, right in the hunt or the, the anti-hunt for the relegation battle, <laughs> I suppose. Um, so I think St Johnston are fine. Do you think they're going to get dragged back in? I don't think they're fine because I don't think they're a particularly good side. I don't think Dundee United, Kilmarnock and Ross County are very good either. So I, I think this weekend's game, they're at home in Motherwell that's a must win game for them or a must not lose for them but Motherwell are playing really really well just now and with Van Veen up top I could see Motherwell winning that game no I can I, I mean, see because Motherwell are targeting finishing the best of the rest and I think they could because I think Livingston's heads are gone and we'll get to them in just a second so I don't think St Johnson are in the clear just yet and I'm not so sure that 37 points is enough either because Do you know their the reason- performances away from home are poor but they also have Livingston at home on the final day of the season and Livingston will be I mean Livingston are on their holidays just now so what are they going to be like in three weeks time so their two away games are to Ross County and uh, Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock which they'll lose yeah but that's what I'm saying even even if they even if they lose this weekend so they, they, they really do need something here on Saturday if not it might be a must win game for them against Livingston so again big games to come let's go elsewhere on Saturday it was a big big win for Ross County Huge. that brings them right back into it they're still bottom on 30 points Livingston are clear they're on 42 so they're fine but Ross County on 30 points Kilmarnock on 31 Dundee United on 31 Ross County needed to win on Saturday and that's exactly what they did Ross County this coming weekend it's probably the game of the day Dundee United <laughs> versus Ross County at Tannadice that is enormous I know Dundee United have cut the ticket prices as well to try and get more punters in and sell it out basically so it's going to be a big big crowd at Tannadice that is the game of the day that's a must win for Dundee United when you're at home and you're fighting for your life you have to win your home games so if Dundee United win that they will go four points clear of Ross County. Because Kilmarnock are at home to Livingston, who, as we've said, are com- win that. have completely chucked it by the looks of it. So Kilmarnock may very well be sitting on 34 points. If Ross County win, they'll, they'll be on 33. And then all of a sudden for Dundee United, they'll be bottom on 31. To be honest with you, I think Dundee United and Kilmarnock win at the weekend, which puts them on 34. And that brings St. Johnson back into it for that playoff position. Right, well, yeah, that, that could happen. Yeah, that could happen. So, uh, yeah, some big matches to come over the next three weeks or so. So, that is your Premiership roundup. Let's drop down into the Championship. What a Friday night action it was. Dundee finally clinching yes! the title. Well yes! done. I was over the moon with that because, as you know, I don't like Queen's Park. I don't think that they um, are ready to be in the Premier League. I think it would have been embarrassing had they made into the Premier League with one man and his dog turning up to the games at Tynecastle and Easter Road, etc. Dundee, huge travelling support, great institution, love the club, great club, great history, big fan base, will offer lots of Premier League, so I'm delighted. And what a game to finish with as well. 5-3 to finish to Dundee. Just a absolute chaotic game of football. I was like, the first 20 minutes, I was like, what am I watching here? Do you remember when you were a wee boy at the age of 10 or 11 and it just everybody chased the ball? Mm-hmm. He didn't sit in any positions, just just like big groups of lads just chasing the same ball to every corner of the pitch. Yeah. That's what it looked like, but some of the goals in that game were unreal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Charlie Fox's goal <laughs> for Queen's Park was just outrageous. Even a header. But, you know, like, you've said this on Twitter over the last wee while, I think everyone would accept that the quality of the championship isn't of the highest standard. That's why it's the championship. But that was great entertainment. Oh, it's good entertainment. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you 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 were watching that game, 
you weren't getting up to go to the toilet in case you missed something. Yeah. I mean, we've got eight goals. I, I mean, know. what's not to like about that? Exactly. Well, the fact that it was played in a plastic pitch, of course. I am sick and tired of these plastic pitches. I've yet to see a decent game on it. There was five goals at Rugby Park last week between Rangers and Kilmarnock, yet the game was poor. Nobody could control the ball. The ball was running away from players. It was like a bouncy ball. How is that AstroTurf allowed? How can we be having such playing surfaces in the top flight of Scottish football? It's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment. These pitches have to be banned for the good of the game. So just remind me, was the game on Friday night played in a plastic pitch? Was yeah, it? Yes. Yeah, it was. And it was, you just described it as great entertainment there. Uh, it was good entertainment. It was good uh-huh. entertainment, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, like, as I've just said, the quality isn't great. You just cited there a Rangers versus Kilmarnock game. So obviously Rangers have better players than Queen's Park and Dundee and... You know, they, you were saying, oh, they couldn't control it on the pitch. So, just to clarify, is it the pitch's fault or is it the player's fault? Because is it the quality of the players or the quality of the pitch that's the problem here? What do you want me to say? Why do I, you do I, I every know. single week? I just like pointing out inconsistencies no, in your argument. There isn't an inconsistency. I don't no, like no, classic I, pitches. Well, answer my question then. Uh-huh. So, so is the so you said there the quality of the pitch was to blame for Kilmarnock versus Rangers. Uh, you just said it was like schoolboys playing, and the quality of the championship isn't very good. For them to serve up a, a eight goal thriller like that, I mean, you know, I mean, is it the pitch or is it the players? Well, uh, are we sure here? We, we need an answer here. It just depends on the day. It depends on it the day, right? It depends on the day. It depends yeah. on the day. Depends thought, on the day. I thought yeah. you might say that. Depends on the day, but generally speaking, plastic pitches don't. No, you, you don't, you, don't, you regu- you, don't you regularly you, offer no, up a good game. No, 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 no. Listen, I am sick and tired of these plastic pitches. I've yet to see a decent game on it. Was, I, you've okay. yet to see yeah, a decent right, game okay. on it. I saw one. I saw one in the weekend. Right, great. Well, right. at least uh, you've admitted that. There, <laughs> <laughs> there we are then. That, that's fine. Uh, and congratulations to Dundee as yes. well, who will be playing Premiership football next season. Will they have a Dundee derby? I guess we'll find out over the next two to three weeks. Queens Park, unbelievably, have been top or second for pretty much the entire season and they end up dropping down to third place they'll be taking on Partick Thistle in the playoffs Partick Thistle who drew with Wraith Rovers on Friday night that was enough to confirm them in the playoffs but that makes a big difference because that means Ayr up to second with that late winner they beat Inverness by two goals to one and that means that Ayr get to put their feet up over the next 10 days and just chill out before the semi-final of the playoff and Queen's Park, who would have put everything in, or did put everything in on Friday night, have to pick themselves up, and they're playing Partick Thistle tomorrow night in Glasgow. I think Queen's so, Park head is gone. A bit like Arbroath. Remember what happened to them last year? They missed out in yep. getting promotion. They lost to Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock went up as champions, and then they just imploded. That was it. Their season was done. Their heads went. Inverness beat them, yeah. Yeah, I think that Queen's Park will do the exact same thing I think their heads have gone I so think Partick beat them over two legs so do you think then it's Partick Thistle versus Ayr yes Ayr who have had the rest Ayr yes. who have had the chance to put re- feet up exactly because like that's the thing with the championship playoffs if you finish second it's, it's much better for you Ayr have had a really good season unbelievable I mean, I, I mean they're there they are second in the league they had a great run in the Scottish Cup as well unlucky not to beat Falkirk if truth be told when I they agree. played them in the, uh, the Scottish Cup quarterfinals that's going to be a tough one if it's Partick versus Ayr. I'd probably go with Partick because going into the game that they played at the weekend, they'd been on a decent run and they've been playing much better 
of late and they've got themselves into the playoffs. So I think that Partick Thistle, who have made a late surge, will ultimately face whoever finishes 11th in the Premier League. On the other hand, if Air United go through the final and it's Kilmarnock oh. who finish 11th, then we could have a wee Ayrshire Derby. That would be good. For who's going to be in the Premiership next season. So uh, good luck to everyone. Obviously, unlucky for Morton, who miss out, unfortunately for them, despite beating Cove with 10 men as well. They just miss out on the playoffs. On George Bowie from Clyde One Breakfast was on, spewing. On goal difference. He was spewing. He was Facebooking about it. He was tweeting about it because he was at a gig while the game was on. And yeah, to lose in that manner isn't very nice. Inverness also missing out in the playoffs, but they do have the Scottish Cup final to look forward to, which is on the 3rd of June against Celtic. Half past five kickoff. Incidentally, uh, really, really good for Inverness fans uh, because I think the last train to Inverness from Glasgow is at 25 past seven or something like and that. And I think the last bus is at half eight as well. It's just something. a ludicrous, ludicrous decision. But again, but let's, can I again play devil's advocate here? you're not going to go up against the Manchester Derby. Nothing against Inverness. I know Celtic are winning that game, right? And I would, if it was Celtic and Inverness in the Scottish Cup final at three o'clock and Man United versus Man City at three o'clock in English FA Cup final, I know I'm watching the Manchester Derby because you know it's going to be one-sided and Celtic could win that 9-0. I thought you were on the side of the fans, you and Cameron. No, I am on the side of the fans. Does it sound like no, you're on the side did of I the not fans? Just say, did I not just say I'm playing devil's advocate here? I'm looking at it from a TV company's perspective. A bit like how we would here in the media look at what are we going to do that can best serve our audience. I mean, it's also audience. very annoying for us. But what best serves our audience? You always have to take that into consideration. So they spent a lot of money in getting the Scottish Cup and also it's not, Scotland. It's not serving our audience very well. Super scoreboard and big Saturday football show. Yeah, but we haven't, we paid, but we haven't paid the money for the rights. Viaplay have paid a lot of money for the Scottish Cup and for the Scotland Internationals. They don't want to go up against the Manchester Derby. What they wanted was a Celtic Rangers final. And it probably would have still kicked off at three o'clock in the afternoon, but they can't run that I, risk of having nobody watching the game. I just think that that's... I totally get that, but... It's a money thing. It's a media thing. That's all it is. And it is, is it strewn and, with the fans 100%? Are the fans being thought of here? Not at all. Like, they never are. And here's another thing with that deal that Sky have just signed with English Football League. If you think that kickoff times for Scottish football are bad right now, wait until that new English Football League deal kicks in because they're showing a thousand games a season across all the divisions I, and all the cups. I mean, some of them are midweek games where they show all the games. So that that's bumps my up, point. That but, bumps up but, the numbers. But, but it will it will mean that kickoff times will change as well. Uh, for weekend games for League 1, League 2 and the Championship in England uh, which is going to have a knock-on effect with us now look at it yesterday we only got a 15 minute build-up to Celtic versus Hearts at Tynecastle because their schedule was so tight because they'd shown the game what was the game that was on before Sheffield us? Sheffield Wednesday versus Derby County Derby County, right and then following the Hearts game it was Arsenal versus Newcastle so their schedule was tight yesterday so expect more of that when the English Football League deal kicks in. Yeah, I mean, I think... thing is with the Football English League deal, obviously it's a lot of money. It's like a 50% increase on what they got last time, yeah. which is which is galling to see. But they are selling a lot more matches. You know, Sky are paying £30 million for 60 matches, of which they only show about 42, whereas they're paying a lot more money for a lot more matches. And there's also some big teams in the championship in League One and they've got the playoffs and stuff as well. But you know what was interesting yesterday and today actually, because I know there's football on today because it's the bank holiday, League Two's finishing and 
championship is obviously finishing a wee bit later on. Yeah. They're picking the games that matter. Correct. That's what they've done. They're, they're showing... Even um, yesterday, they picked the games that matter. Correct. Sheffield Wednesday versus Derby because yeah. Derby were um, in a playoff position and then they lost out by losing 1-0 and, I and think, then I think Peterborough took their place. The, obviously, there's loads of moaning about the TV deal and I, 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 totally, I totally get that. And nobody's saying don't show Celtic and Rangers matches. Like up here, like I do, like obviously, like Celtic are playing uh, it's Rangers Celtic this Saturday. You know, fi- absolutely fine. Show that because it's a big game and yeah, people yeah, will watch it. Totally, but also show Aberdeen versus Hibs because mm-hmm. that's a big match, or show Dundee United versus Ross County. Mm-hmm. You can show more than just Correct. one match. Correct, and it, it's about showcasing the entire league and things that happen in the entire league, not just with two teams. And I think that's why it annoys people. Yes, totally understand why they show Celtic and Rangers from an audience point of view. Nobody's saying don't. But you can also show other matches. They can show 60 matches a season and they're going to use 42, 43. So they're not even using up the full quarter. They're not showcasing all of Scottish football and they're not showcasing the games that really matter. And there are some massive games coming up. That one at Tynecastle, Hearts versus Aberdeen. I mean, that is going to be some occasion. Tynecastle will be a cauldron. It'll be bouncing. There's no plans to show that in the telly. If the Hips pre- hearts. If they've, the, only, they've only shown one Edinburgh Derby this season. If the Premier League, when it was founded in 1992, had taken the same approach as what the SPFL have taken, and by the way, I blame them just as much as Sky. Yeah. If they'd taken the same approach, then they would only ever show Man United and Liverpool because they're the only two teams that get massive audience numbers. They've realised over time that actually, yeah, we can show Liverpool and Man United all the time because that's what people want to see. But it's about building up the entire league. Correct, and that's what they've done by spreading it out. Yeah. They show Leicester versus Brentford. Do you know what I mean? They show those sorts of games, Nottingham Forest versus Leeds or Leeds whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Then the problem here in Scotland is that we're not getting to see all of Scottish football and the games that matter. And part of that is the SPFL's problem because they've got the rule about f- only showing four games per stadium, <laughs> which is ludic- and that's enforced by them, not Sky. Yeah. So there's a lot of blame to be shared around there. Anyway, back to the Championship very quickly. Our both safe for another season. Well done, Dick Campbell. Well thought that was going to happen. Hamilton are in the relegation playoff. They will be taking on Aloha next and two legs against them. And then obviously it's Falkirk versus Airdrie. We'll get to that in a wee second. But Cove Rangers are down. And interestingly, I think when Paul Hartley took over, he was something like 11 points clear, clear. from relegation. 11 points clear of relegation and he's actually taken them down. They have been woeful uh, over the last wee while. So they will be playing League One football next season. Um, who else will be in League One? Because Falkirk obviously confirmed in second place. They play Airdrie, who won on Saturday. They won 4-1. Falkirk won 3-1 against Peterhead. Peterhead already relegated. So Falkirk versus Airdrie. First leg at Airdrie. Second leg at Falkirk Stadium on Saturday. Who's winning that one, Ewan? Falkirk. Just. Aloha versus Hamilton Hamilton will win that over two legs you think Hamilton yeah Hamilton that? so I think it's Hamilton Falkirk in the final okay dokie right that's fine then Dunfermline obviously up as champions and I won Falkirk up because a Falkirk Dunfermline battle in the championship will uh, be good for that league I don't want them up because it'll be funny oh uh, no so it would be great though I mean look at look at the crowds you've had at the Falkirk yeah. Stadium in East End Park mm, that versus Falkirk having another year in League One mm, quite funny but it's good for Scottish football and then what way how's it good for Montrose how's it good for Celtic it's good for the championship the bigger the club the bigger the fan base the more interest there is in that league so if you have Falkirk and Dunfermline in the championship it would be brilliant but also same reason why I want Dundee in the Premier League because of Dundee United you have to understand the funny element of it (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's what I'm going down. So hopefully, more Nairdry. Um, elsewhere, uh, Queen of the South rounding off their season with another win. Four uh, one against Kelty Hearts. Kelty Hearts obviously looking for well, they're not looking for a new manager. They've already appointed Michael Dunster, but John Potter is leaving. That was his final match on Saturday, and uh, Clyde in the relegation playoff. They've had a pretty miserable season, only winning five matches. They will be taking on East Fife in the playoffs. First leg Tuesday night at East Fife. You said Albion Rovers were either... No, I'm going to give you credit here. You said Albion Rovers were either going to win the league or finish bottom of the league. And what happened to them? They finished bottom of the league. Well, that was right. And are they going to stay up against Spartans? No, yeah, yeah, no. Yes. Yes? No. No? Probably no. Okay, right. (laughs) Well, we'll find out in a few weeks, okay? La gente está muy loca. What the fuck? Lots of big incidents to talk about over the weekend and to go through them. We have former grade one referee, Des Roach. How are you doing, Des? You okay? I'm very good, gentlemen. Hope you guys are, are well too. Yeah, absolutely. And let's start with a big one yesterday, Tynecastle then. So everybody has been talking about this. Alex Cochran, red card for taking down Maeda when he was through on goal, initially given as a yellow and then changed to a straight red card with VAR. Now, it was Nick Walsh who was the referee. Willie Collin was VAR. Des Roach, though, what do you think? Well, first of all, I thought up until that moment, Nick was having a fantastic game. I think Hearts were fantastic in the first. They were certainly in control. There was a lot of good, strong, robust challenges going in, which was great to see. It was a, a spectacle. But that's not to get away from, from the vital decision. In my opinion, and I know it's divided opinion, I was happy with the initial yellow cards. And I think all the Celtic players were happy with the initial yellow card. But for me, is really say it's denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. In that moment where Nick had a decent enough angle on it, it's his interpretation, it's his decision, it's an opinion piece. So his, his opinion at that moment in time, which in my opinion was correct, to deny an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, you've got to be in control of the ball. Maida, we all know he's like Speedy Gonzalez, but the ball had bounced in there, so he still had to get the ball back under control to have the obvious goal-scoring opportunity. If he did have that, yeah, no problem with it. But I think there's enough jubiety in there to stick by Nick's own decision. I don't think it's a clear and obvious error for a denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And we've said it before, I've encouraged your convictions, go across there and say, no, nah, do you know what? I'm happy with it. And I don't think anybody would have complained, not one person on that park or in the stadium. And do you know what's interesting, Des, you mentioned that I think of examples of that happening this season people going across to the screen having the courage of their convictions not to be influenced by VAR and think no no I was on the field I saw it with my own eyes Willie Collum was one of those people who's actually done that this season and he was the VAR on Saturday as well so why did Nick Walsh bottle it? he's obviously taking the advice now listen and this is split a lot of my refereeing colleagues some are yes some are no only Nick can answer that Des try and put yourself in Nick's position right so you're on the field of play you see the incident live you're in a good position and you think that it's a yellow card you're then standing there and you get a signal from VAR to say do you know what I think that might be a red card as soon as you hear that in that in your ear does that not put a doubt in your head that you may have got that wrong and that is why Nick Walsh has been swayed because he's been he's had that doubt put inside his head and you're telling me that 
you wouldn't change your mind but you're not Nick Walsh you're not there in the field to play with 18,000 fans breathing down your neck and you've got Willie Collum who's been there done it and got the t-shirt telling you that you've got it wrong I think you would have buckled as well probably well, no absolutely not listen I, I make mistakes players make mistakes you guys make mistakes every day I mean I listen to you so <laughs> very good Des very good <laughs> Des, I, I, Des you're telling me that you, that you wouldn't buckle but that's easy for you to say sitting there holding the phone to you there discussing it with us now I'm not defending Nick Walsh for overturning his decision but I can understand once you've had that doubt put in your head by Willie Collum who is an experienced official it's very hard to go against is it not my problem well, with it is why has Willie Collum got involved that's my biggest issue right so let's look at it here just now so if you were player of the year in Scotland say you were a Hearts player of the year in Scotland maybe five years ago mm-hmm. right you've now got a young guy who's come through the ranks at Hearts who's setting the place in fire who's probably been your player of the year for the last two years He's played in all the Hearts derbies, Hearts Hibs derbies, played in the Celtic Rangers, he's played in the Scottish Cup final, he's controlled the Scottish Cup final. You tell me that you're not confident in your own ability, that you can turn around and say, yeah, you're a more experienced guy. Wait a minute, I'm the man in form, so I'm quite happy what I'm doing here. And that's where I would like Nick, what I would like Nick to have done. It's where I, if it was me in that position, I would say, I've got the feel for the game. I know the tempo of the game have been controlling it really, really well. Do you think but, that Nick Walsh this morning will be regretting not standing by his decision? I think he possibly could. Yeah, I think he possibly could. And here's my other question to you. Why has Willie Collum got involved there? There was nothing really for him to get involved with because for me, as you say, it wasn't a clear and obvious error. Nick Walsh has got a great sight of the incident, yet he's got himself involved. I don't get why he did. It's, it's like the Willie Collum show all over again. If it was clear and obvious and Maeda's got the ball under control and the Hearts defender, all right, he's clipped him, but Maeda's about to have a shot or put it across, then that's clear and obvious and that's where I would be saying to Nick, go and have a wee look at that there. But it's Nick's opinion piece at that moment in time. In my opinion, Nick's opinion was correct and he controlled the situation. And the big thing for me, if Maeda had the ball at his feet or the ball at his chest and he had the ball, he's under control of the ball to have that shot. But he still had to get to the ball Yeah Get it down The ball's spinning And it's spinning towards Rolls Who's running in You know what's interesting as well though I was actually out When that incident occurred in the game Because I was like Oh this is going to be nil-nil at half time I'll just nip out to the shops And get a couple of things So I was listening to it on the radio And every single pundit Even Pat Bonner on the BBC Was Mm -hmm. like This is an absolute nonsense decision And I've never seen Such unanimous Within the pundits, aye. Yeah, w- w- within like even Chris Sutton, you yeah. know, people who Stan Petrov, exactly. Andy Walker, like all, James McFadden, all these McFadden. people, and that that isn't necessarily mean that it's the right decision, but it gives you a good indication that a mistake has been made here. Surely does. We used to always get told that a referee has to have a feel for the game. Now that doesn't mean you avoid giving the correct sanction, but if you get a feel for the game and you know what's happening at that moment in time then go with your gut decision. More than 90% of the time, your gut decision is the correct one. 100%. And just to round this one off as well, what I would say, seeing a still image, which is what Willie Collum went back and looked at, what Nick Walsh would have went back and looked at, you can sort of see where he's like, well, that could be a goal-scoring opportunity. So from a still image, I can totally see why it's been given as a red card. But if you actually watch it in full time, and yes. as Nick Walsh did, 
it's just not a red card so very quickly as well do you think Hearts will appeal this days and do you think they've got any chance of winning that appeal I don't think they will because we've seen a precedent over the last couple of weeks the Graham Shinny one I think the only one they've overturned is Jago mm-hmm. isn't it yeah so you don't uh, think Hearts will win the appeal then if they actually if they take it to the SFA given watching the verdict this morning and the next referee giving an opinion on it from an SFA perspective what chance have we got that's unbelievable so Cochrane's going to miss the next game because of a stupid wrong decision unbelievable let's run through a couple other ones very quickly Ross County versus Livingston uh, Guthrie elbow initially given as a yellow VR upgraded it to a red card Uh, were you happy with that one Des? for me that's where VAR worked because what David Dickinson gave there was his opinion the difference is this was factual because the elbow did make contact but, with it. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, I watched that one over and over and over again. Where are you meant to put your arms when you're jumping for a header? But surely he's endangering an opponent. But, but you have to, but uh, you see it in every single game. Do you think he intentionally meant, means to elbow him? I don't think he does. I don't think he intended to elbow him. I think you've seen the boy's face. But where's his elbow landed? He's playing in a clearly dangerous manner that endangers the safety of an opponent. So, for the Nick Walsh one, it's an opinion, and we've split opinion here, or we've agreed, but we've uh-huh. split opinion with the rest of the country. But the Ross County one in Dundee United, that's a factual decision. He factually makes contact in a dangerous manner with an elbow that could potentially have caused somebody a serious injury. And very quickly, before we get to the Rangers incident, uh, St Johnson, Dundee United, Charlie Mulgrew sent off straight red card. Our reporter, Steve Cowan, on the Big Saturday Football Show, was there at McDermott Park. He thought it was a red card. He got it wrong. All day long. What does Des Roach think? I think it was certainly a yellow. I think Charlie's been very cute and lifting his leg. I still thought Halby had quite a bit to do. What I thought was worse was I thought that the St Johnson's player reaction to run into the referee pointing at the card. Yeah. I think that's probably the most likely one if it's going to be upheld this weekend. That's the one that would be oh, sorry, overturned. The one that I really want to get your thoughts on though is Rangers versus Aberdeen and that Golson takedown of Duke just outside the box at Ibrox against Aberdeen. What's your take on that? That wasn't football. That was Greco-Roman wrestling. That was just... <laughs> Did Goldson actually touch the ball or look at the ball at any point? No. And you actually see him, he turns him round and then throws him to the ground. And what I think he has, Duke just got mocked away. But Aberdeen, Barry Robson was entirely correct saying was VAR not working that day because that is as clear and obvious error as you're going to see. Barry Robson's screaming for a penalty. The Aberdeen fans are screaming for the penalty. Does Des Roche, former grade one referee, think it's a penalty? 100%. If the contact initiates outside the penalty area and continues inside the penalty area, then it's sanctioned with a penalty. That's the law. So should that be a penalty and a red card? Uh, potentially, certainly a minimum of a yellow. When you look whereabouts in the penalty area, he's almost parallel with the touch lines and you would need to see just who else is in the, the penalty area. But there's certainly got to be a sanction in there and a penalty kick. And, and you know what it's interesting you say that because I noticed this as well as soon as it happened it went out for a corner Duke just got up and got on with the game whereas yep. you were just saying they're the St Johnston players Aye. as soon as Charlie Mulgrew brought down Halberg they were right over to the referee do you think if the Aberdeen players would have made a bit more of a fuss which obviously you're saying you don't want, you don't want to see then the decision might have been different it would have certainly put pressure on John Beaton and that may have been Figured a reaction from VAR to have another look at it 
But I think they've got away with it because nobody's looked at it, nobody's made a fuss, and VAR has played it. But these are the issues we're having this year. When are they getting involved and when they're not getting involved? There has to be a clear line in the sand and saying this is where they're but we've all been in agreement that it's been thrown in far too early, unprepared, and we are getting teething trouble still on stage. Des, uh, you've mentioned yeah. that a few times, so mm-hmm. let me take you back to Parkhead when Morello scores that goal. VAR doesn't get involved because they don't think it's a clear and obvious error. Yesterday, VAR does get involved because they think it's a clear and obvious error at Tynecastle. And then you go to Ibrox, you think it's a clear and obvious error, but VAR doesn't get involved. I am so confused. I rest my case. <laughs> I mean, for me, all three incidents could be deemed clear and obvious error, but yep. only one referee gets involved, and that's Willie Collum, out of the three incidents. What referee do we talk about more in Scotland than anyone else? Right, we'll leave it there. Thanks for talking to us, Des. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thanks for joining us, uh, Des. We'll speak to you again soon, mate, okay? Catch you later. Aye, right, cheers, Des. Well, well done, the pals. Aye, well, amazing. Right, cheers, Des. Cheers, thanks mate. very much. Cheers, cheers. bye-bye. Bye. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Thank you to Des Roach. He'll be back when there's more controversial decisions to discuss, which will be probably next week. So. I've got the impression he's not the biggest fan of Willie Collum. Yeah, i got that impression as well. Yeah. Wonder wonder what happened there. Yeah, we'll ask him. Next time. Next time. Yeah. So, we've been taking your shouts for if Scottish football was a comic. Big thanks to all your suggestions on Twitter this week. You can always give us a follow on that big football, Scott. Oh, hold on a wee second. Why did we do a comic when it's Eurovision week? Because we're doing Eurovision next week. What should have done this week? Eurovision's on Saturday. No, but then we can get Eurovision after it. That makes sense. Why are we doing comics? Because, uh, some comic thing. Uh, Right. um, Was it not Comic-Con? Oh, where was was I? I was was in Edinburgh. It was Comic-Con on Saturday. When I was walking through Edinburgh, I saw these people dressed up as Batman and Wonder Woman and everything. I didn't know. No, the Batman Mobile was outside the St. James Quarter. The Batman Mobile, as it's famously called. Yeah. (laughs) The Batman Mobile. Not the Batmobile, no. (laughs) But Batman uses that mobile. He does. That's Batman's car. Batman's car. It was outside. Hello. But which movie was it from? Batman. Yeah, I know, but there's different types of Batman cars. Which specific movie was that car in? I've got no idea. Are you a Batman fan? Do you Uh, watch Batman? I've seen the Batman films, yeah. But then you should recognise where that car came from. I can't remember what one it is. You got Uh, a picture of it? Producer Chris, can you get a picture of the Batman mobile? Because he's sweating here. Why are you sweating? It's roasting in this studio. Is it? I'm sweating. So we're going to get a picture of the Batman Can mobile. I go through some of these answers before I drop dead here? What are we doing again? If Scottish football were a comic. Yeah, do that. Alexander Wilson says, so- Sean Dennis the Menace. That's not bad. Uh, Alan Till says, David Van Zantman. Oh, Ant-Man. But he's one of the worst Marvel comic we- heroes. We've been through this. We Fat Bobo Baldy. We fat Bob O'Baldy. Was that someone in the Beano or something? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, Tricky Dicky Campbell. Tricky Dicky, yeah. Amy Irons, man. <laughs> Dr. Dunhamers. Dunhamers, Hamers. Who's Dunhamers? That's uh, Queen of the South nickname. Dunhamers. But what's the, what's, the, what's the comic book character? Dr. Doom. Oh, Dr. Doom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andy King says Marvel Bartley. Marvel, yeah. <laughs> and Andy Marshall says Curtis Spider-Man. <laughs> 
Yeah. Not bad. East End Tales podcast. Everyone's favourite ex SPFL chief, Roger the Dodger Mitchell. <laughs> Falkirk would simply be known as the Gas Street Kids. <laughs> well done. Kenny Burgess says Bino Gattuso. Say again. Bino Gattuso. Uh huh. Uh, Graham McLean says Dick Advocate Woman. Advocate Woman. Cat Woman. Oh, Cat Woman, that's good. John McCormack, Cowden Bino. Cowden, yeah. The Fantastic Forfer. The Fantastic Four. Four! Yep. That's good. Johnny Mack says Graham Shinny the Mix. Minnie the Minx. Yep. Uh, Fraser Fivey the Terrible. Terrible. Who's Ivy the Terrible? Another Beano one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, King Kolak says Kevin Van Beano. A lot of Beanos here. A lot of Beanos. By the way, we've got to mention Motherwell on Saturday against Kilmarnock. Kevin Van Veen's goal. Oh. The touch for the second oh. goal was absolutely outstanding. Bearcamp esque. It was orgasmic. It was. Scott Hasty says Barry Banana Man. Bannon. Barry Bannon. Yep. Barry Bannon. Stuart McGuinness says Kelly Who's that? So Kelly is a cyberpunk graphic no- novel set in futuristic Japan. <laughs> so Stuart McGuinness loves these anime. Anime, yeah. Scott Pittman versus the world. Guardians of the Gallica and the Bruni. The Bruni. Ross eighteen seventy four. Roy of the Wraith Rovers and the Bean O. Bean O. Bino. Oh, Celtic yeah. player scored yesterday. And finally, Mark Gavin says Alfredo Morelos would be in the, the incredible sulk. Yes, he would be. So, who's your winner there? I do like the Advocate one. Okay. Was it Dick Advocate Woman? Dick Advocate Woman. Well like done that. to Graham McLean. Well done to you. Did uh, you find but, a picture of the Batmobile? So, next week, it's quite simple. If Scottish football was Eurovision, I suggested that. Well, I think it's not a great... I mean, it's not an outlandish suggestion given it's this weekend. So well, if Scottish football or Eurovision, get your shouts on an at Big Football Scott. There it is there, you fucking idiot. We could have... How did you not find that? Show me. Right, so name the movie. That's the one with Michael Keaton in it. <gasps> it's ba- is, it, is it Batman? Or the Batman? That's brilliant! Yeah, that's what I said. You, when you first asked me he knows his Batmobiles when you first asked me well done I said Batman and that's the one that was in the well one, done the one with Jack Nicholson uh, right okay if Scottish football were Eurovision get your shouts in at Big Football Scott so here are some of producer Chrissy's shouts Liel Abba 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 Abada <laughs> Liel Abba Abada uh, what we, song did they win Eurovision with Waterloo I'm just asking Gina G. McCulloch. What was her song? Uh, Ooh Ah. Just Ooh-ah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Oliver Burke's Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> what year did they win it? Uh, no idea. Their song was making your mind up, though. Was it the uh, 70s? 77 or something? It was no, in that the was 80s. What? It was at 81. Eight. Well done! Okay. 81's the right answer. And <laughs> Ryan Kent, Trina and the Waves. <laughs> and they won it in 97. Yes. Um, so there you are. Um, get your shouts in for that. And that is just about us, to be honest Thank with you. you. We have reached the end of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you very much for having us on today. I think I enjoyed that one today. Yeah, mildly, I would say. Listen, I st- I, I, I'm doing my bit. I still want to know 
what Des has got against Willie Collum. We'll find out next week. But this has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Stephen Mill. He's Ewan Cameron. I Thank am. you very much for joining us. Don't Thank forget you. to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use yes. so you don't miss a podcast. Don't. And you can share us as well. Leave us a five-star review. Please. And keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish Football was Eurovision. Get your tweets in and we'll be back next week at the usual time with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Cheerio, bye. Cheerio.